Welcome back to Weebology. Thanks y'all for coming back to class. I am your a little under the weather, Ricky. And I'm your not under the weather, Ethan. Just kidding. I am under the weather. I think I've food poisoned myself. Wait, how did this happen? Uh, so you know that thing where I eat all my sweets in one sitting? Yes, we all do. E- yeah, we all well, do. <laughs> I ate an entire box of donuts yesterday, <laughs> so I'm not feeling amazed. Well, you gotta be fucking kidding me with that. An entire box of a donuts. Whole box. Now, okay, what, where, is it, where, are these, where are these from? Is it Dunkin' or Crispy? No, or where no, are we even, even differenter. It's a... Uh, you can get them at any grocery store. They're called Intamins, and they're chocolate covered, and they're amazing. Okay, I mean, I guess they sound amazing for the very fact that you, uh, I don't know, scarfed an entire baker's dozen down your gullet. Yeah, I don't think you have food poisoning. I think you're just overdosing. I it could be overdosing on sugar. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah i just i'm feeling under the weather i know it's the first episode of 2021 but who knows how long we're going to be able to run this shit we might even go a little softer just to ease our way and dip our toes into 2021 what (laughs) how is uh well i mean weren't you saying just before this episode hey we're feeling not that great right now we'll be transparent on air and see if we make it to 45 Oh, oh oh yeah a little bit less of a of an episode today I thought you meant just in general. I was like, I don't know where you got that from, bro. No, absolutely just okay, this one. Okay, cool. And I know it's bad. We're just dipping our toes into the new I do year. have some random shit um, that I wanted to you... say. Yeah, yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, so I've been watching a lot of stuff since uh, you know I was off for basically less than a week because I had got called into the office okay. multiple times. Um, but anyway. Oh, wow. So if any of you guys... Listening at home, guys and gals, um, have mm-hmm. read the Alex Ryder book series when you were a kid. It was you brought yeah, this up, big Scholastic yeah. stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> so there was a kind of crappyish movie recently. Uh, not that recently, I guess it would be like almost like 2014 by now. But of uh, the Stormbreaker, which is the first book in the Alex Horowitz series. He's the He's the author, okay. but Alex Riders is uh his like teenage um spy guy. But anyway, IMBD, which mm. I was surprised, created a series of one of his other books um called Point Blanc, which is just a different book in that series, and it was absolutely phenomenal. It was like a um Really? Yeah, it was like a um, Jack Ryan with Jim Krasinski from Amazon level show, but all all, all kind of centered Ooh. around you know that that like young teen uh, mystery type book, I guess mystery action. I don't know what you want to call it, but just okay, okay. As a as as an adult academics like ourselves, and obviously our students, would this be something not knowing the books prior? I'd be able to jump into and have a hundred percent. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, so they actually like... And where can I watch this? I watched it on Amazon. Oh, okay, cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Um, I was like, I saw it, and I'm like, oh no, am I going to have to like watch commercials and shit? Oh no. I think I watched it on Amazon. It might have been Hulu. I don't know, one of those two. Um, But okay. super great, super uh, recommend. And they like, they kind of... It doesn't exactly follow the books, because... The first book is Stormbreaker, and that's like his origin story. But I think since they already did the movie of that, and it was like not well received, they decided to try to like do another, like the same origin story, just in a different part of a different book. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I yeah, think they just sure. kind of like try to retcon a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, that was great. I like that. Okay. Um, I watched. All I right. watched Infinite Dendrogram. Infinite Dendrogram. Wait, wait, wait. That's tick. You didn't bring this up when we were chatting the other nope. day, I don't think. But that is tickling the old uh, earworm. I th- I feel like I've heard this before. Yeah, it's a uh, another isekai from I think 2019. Okay, not bad. Uh, su- serviceable plot, serviceable like world and like mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. and not like an insane amount of etchy, like a little, a tiny bit, you know, like there always generally is, but pretty serviceable. I'm mm-hmm. interested to keep watching that as that, if that continues or whatever. I also watched. Uh, so it's a, 
Go ahead. Ask a question. Okay. No, I was going to say, so it's only one season. So far, yeah. At this point. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So I can I can snipe that if I wanted to. So I watched all that, that on Hulu. And then I watched uh, the Bo okay. Furry. Bo Furry. Okay. Defense one. Yeah, I... I said I didn't watch it, but I I did give it the first two eps recently. I do want to I do want to go back to it. Okay, I really so definitely do. So it, here's what I'm gonna say about this. Okay. I think it is potentially hands down the best show that you could show like a child trying to get into anime, but but one that's still good enough to where adults would like it too. Like there is zero etchy, there's zero etchy at all. There's like no kind of like weird shit. It's sort of just like a fun game they're all playing and it's sort of like a whimsical adventure but like fun like broken <laughs> broken uh characters, you know, that like figured out ways around the mechanics. That's the vibe I got. And it's it's pretty yeah, fun. There's definitely people who over overspec into one thing and then just as they interact these broken characters make for great squads and great teams. That is the vibe I got, and I'm like I said, I'm looking way forward to the watching. Yeah, I, I highly recommend for anyone that's like got a child who's young-ish and and you know want them to get into anime. This is I think perfect for that. But also, you know, I enjoyed it, so it's serviceable for all ages. Still up there for every boy. And or I'm five years uh, old. I guess I have. <laughs> Both are equal. I'm a man. True. I'm forty. Um, the, the one. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm forty. I uh, the only show I have to plug that is an anime is a Netflix show that I started called Dark, and I know it was like very well received, but I was absolutely blown away at how tight of a mystery sci-fi, almost like film noir combination this show is. It's like a three season, totally German made, uh you know, sci-fi show on Netflix and my goodness, it is just some of the most tight writing. It almost just because of the, the topic they've chosen and I can't say what it is or else it would ruin a lot of the season one, but the sci-fi topics they've chosen require such a tightly written script and plot that it's high risk, high reward to the nth degree. And I think they totally met it, but it is big galaxy wrinkled ridge brain show. Like you have to be, <laughs> really locked in for this it's not an easy show to follow and you really got to give it your attention but if you do you will be rewarded so this isn't one of those ones like oh i'm gonna sit down and i'm also gonna like do some homework or like play a video game Uh uh-uh turn it all off eyes on ears on brains on this is a show for the brainiacs well it also helps that uh uh, it's subbed so you literally can't do all those things at the same time yeah i tried it in english and it's didn't quite didn't quite sling it's so. atrocious in english you have to watch the sub yeah it's it's not great. just because but the german voice acting the german acting is great well yeah. just the german words are way too long so like it, <laughs> yeah. it's just it, it's oh, not yeah, like anime where you can just match mouth flaps that's not how this works you know um it's, yeah exactly but yeah i mean that's a great show and it's very similar to the ragnarok one that i i suggested like I guess six months ago now. Mm-hmm. Damn. But I mean, speaking of Netflix, kind of a casual segue into what we're talking about today. Finally, people know that I've gotten maybe just a just a hair, just a little itty bit on Ethan's case to finish this one. I don't blame him. He's got a lot going on. <laughs> but finally, we're going to be talking about Great Pretender Season 2, the map of slap a Netflix That's show wit. that got that. Uh, uh, oh, it's wit. I keep getting the two fucking mixed up. God damn yeah. it. I feel like they are linked somehow. They may be. I feel like they are linked in some way. Okay. But you know what? Right. Wits Slap and Show on Netflix that got that second season, I think like almost like low key, like not a lot was talked about it, like right after Thanksgiving. And this is one of those few shows that I watched a long time ago. And up to this episode that we're recording right now, Ethan just finished it. So it's super fresh in his brain. And, um, you're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get, let, lean on you a bit for some of this. The the real nitty gritty lore details. Some of the some of the plot plot sticks for this one. But uh, I gotta say, I love this season way more than season one. I'm just gonna put it out there right now. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, what what are, what are your initial thoughts? Um. So first off, like this this show in general is just great. I think it 
it just elevated itself in season two, but I still have like a, a major issue with a lot of the plot. And, uh, um, okay. but like a major issue for me just means like, I still enjoyed it, but this is kind of dumb. You know what I mean? Um, cause I feel like I, of course, no, I feel like sometimes it's, yeah. it seems like we don't like a show, but we're just, we, we like to be critical about shows, even if they're like, you know, near masterpieces or whatever you want to call it. Right. I think, I, yes. And I do have, I have problems with this season too, a couple more character oriented, but I think we'll get into that. So, um, but yeah, we do have to be critical. That is what, that's what we're here for. We're academics, my boy. We gotta be, we gotta be this way. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so uh, high level, this this season's actually structured different than season one. Yeah, it's basically one one case for nine episodes. Right. I like that a lot. I mean, after kind of this case of the week feel almost with like two or three episodes per case, a big fatty one like this gives them a lot more room to breathe. And I think it really worked in the show's favor here. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it was definitely important because you look at the way that they kind of structured the whole thing, right? You had these kind of shorter cons, right? With like only a few Mm -hmm. episodes per, I guess, core or whatever you want to call it. And then this season's the long con, which they've been working on way before our main character even was in the picture. Um, So it kind of, there's definitely some symmetry there that I really enjoyed and, you know, I guess my heart is put at ease <laughs> with that level of symmetry. Um, but, yes. you know, just basically this story is a culmination of everything we saw in season one um, in terms of like how they've, mm-hmm. they've trained and used our main character so far. So, and I guess I want to, I didn't want to say that, you know, Insofar as to say that that many cases, the many cons are gone is not true. You know, they actually use that history Ethan mentioned like, you know, this is a con that has been going on way before Edamura was in the picture. And, you know, it, they use that history. They use they, they've always done flashbacks really well in the show. They use those flashbacks, extend those flashbacks and you get those mini cons in this historical setting rather than in current day. So I think that you still get that, uh, those little rushes of, ooh, they pulled off that sweet move, or they, ooh, they pulled off and they finally conned that guy. You get those here and there, but it's more that they've already happened or they are all in you know service to the final con. So it's just, again, focus is a little tighter here, and I cannot appreciate that more. Yeah, I mean... They did like so much right with this season um, that it does mm-hmm. feel like a little nitpicky to even talk about what they did wrong. But I think the the coolest yeah. thing is, you know, we get like the main character, in my opinion, Laurent's backstory. And I think that's that's really obviously the core and, of this season. Yes. And I did want to bring up if you go back and listen to our season one we kind of had a wish list for season two and I distinctly remember that was my number one thing I wanted. I want, cause they clearly were giving us the other crew members, uh, backstories and their histories and why they're there and it gave them a little bit more depth. But Laurent seemed to be this guy who was at the center or at least a, a pivotal point of all of their histories. And then I wanted that story, Laurent's big history and boy, howdy did we get it? I mean, that, that was really kind of, I mean, his history was kind of touching. What they did with Laurent in the latter half of the season, I wasn't a bigger fan of, actually. The, the, the Laurent of this season, they you made, said? Yeah, the, like the, what they did with Laurent after we found out his history. They made him look a little bit tweaked, a little bit crazy, I think, at times. And I was like, he, he seems so unhinged. A little bit in his obsession with a certain character in the present day, right? I I don't know. He, he was always told to be this uh, calm, cool, collective force that everyone turned to to be the the guy, right? The guy that was the steadying force. So while one could say, "Oh, well, we that kind of humanizes him a bit," I guess that they went so far, and he just has this 
tragic wound to the point where he is almost mentally like unhinged in a way. So I don't know. I could, that's one of the things I could take or leave. I mean, that was only really exhibited through one, one kind of portion of the, the season. Um, Right, so I'd say like the latter half, or maybe not the latter, like third or quarter. Yeah, I mean, it was literally like one episode they showed him unhinged, and then every other time we see him, he's like totally got it all together. Seems like I, I think he he played it yeah. up a good bit. Like, like uh, I don't want to give away plot points, so we're just gonna steer toward that till the end. But, but yeah, I, yeah, not yeah. Too there, early there's yet. definitely like a lot of um, I mean, they they try their best to really like even con the audience which i think is one of the coolest parts about the show is not only are they conning the show but they're conning or they conning like people in the show they're conning us as the audience as well oh yeah and you didn't see that more than any other point than like the first episode right where you had edamura getting his life quote-unquote back together and then he gets a job with the was it the Sukazu group? Yes, uh, Su- Suzuko. And yeah, Suzuku. Suzuku group. Suzuku group. Yeah, and he finally. And I guess that's not really a spoiler since it's like season. I mean, the episode right. one. It kind of leads into the full thing that he finds. He kind of slips ass backwards into working for essentially a human trafficking company, and basically this huge branch of the Akuza. Like, and he's like, "What the fuck? How did I get here? Oh wait, god damn it." Laurent, you son of a bitch. And he finally realizes that he manipulated his ass once again back into his schemes. And that's kind of where the whole season kicks off. They're meant to take down this, uh, these, uh, the, the kind of bad, bad folks, yes. real bad people. So frankly. Makoto Edamura is just like the most frustrating character, I think, potentially ever. Um, do you think, uh, what, what figure? Because well, this dude knows that Laurent has been fucking with him for like <laughs> months, years now, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he goes to them in the, on their secret island, and he goes, "Hey, uh, I'm out." And they're like, "Yeah, sure you are." And then he leaves. He gets a <laughs> yeah. job instantly. Yeah, he's like, okay, yeah. He gets a job instantly. That should be a red flag, right? Every job he's had so far has been because of Laurent <laughs> set him up. And then it's with a guy who doesn't yeah. care about his. His uh, his criminal record. It's like, come on, man! Like, how are you this freaking gullible? Ishiga- Ishigami, yeah, that Ishigami is his direct boss, and that's little stubby dude with the glasses. And I-, I found him kind of funny, but yeah, you're right. He didn't give a shit. Like, oh, you have this massive rap sheet. Why don't you come work for us? You seem like a real good. <laughs> and then you know, so the I other go. thing is like he had to start off as like a recruit and it's like, okay, this is starting to sound like maybe they're recruiting me for something, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I, <laughs> so weird. I, and then, you know, considering, I don't know, it's just like the, the fifth straight time he's fallen for one of these schemes and like been the one that has to do all the work really. And it's, it's like really frustrating yeah. because he is like a kind soul and genuinely like a good guy, this Makoto but he keeps getting screwed by life essentially. And we find out why at the end, basically at the end of the story here, but it's just like, why the hell (laughs) the kid asked you to leave twice and you keep pulling him back into your shit. It just, it just makes, in my opinion, Laurent and and this group look like a bunch of assholes. And I think it comes down to, it really is either showing that Edinburgh is really as inexperienced or greenhorned, even at this point, than Laurent thinks, or it's just that Laurent is so good at what he does, he just knows exactly what button to push, no matter how good you are. He's never on the back foot, right? He's never been the guy to get tricked, for the most part. And, you know, I, I think it it comes to show that maybe maybe it's more the latter. Maybe it's Laurent's really that good. That Edamura might be a great scammer, but he just can't beat he can't beat the Frenchman, man. He just can't do it. Um, I mean, speaking of frankly, speaking of that organization, the Sukazu Group, I found the character of Ekami Sukazu very fascinating in terms of the overall story. I liked her a lot. Yeah, I did too. Um, the Basically, the leader, the leader of this entire organization, this association that's doing this trafficking, um, it, she has this interesting relationship with 
Edamura going forward that I really think plays into fleshing out Edamura's needs as a person because he has a very I don't know uh, tenuous relationship with his parents um at if you want to call it that uh I I think I think she, I think she fills a certain void that he kind of is looking for later but I I know I'm trying to like tote spoiler lines I don't know at what point we can start getting really deep into those to talk about this kind of stuff but um all I can say is I loved her presence. I loved her character. She is just this badass CEO woman. Don't fuck with me. I got a sword in my chair. You can't touch me. Oh, well, she was like the head of a the head of a yakuza branch. So to be <laughs> fair, um, yeah, she was she was throwing around billions of yen like it ain't no thing. Yeah, dude. so definitely not one to fuck with. But yeah, I think um, some of the like interesting things like like we've talked about so far about this season is that this has all all yep. basically stayed within Tokyo and within Japan as a whole with like brief overtures toward their like tropical island or to Singapore or Laos or Vietnam or something um but basically the the plot of this season is like you said, he he falls ass backwards into a yakuza branch and becomes like one of the workers for them in their like child trafficking um group, right? And you know, it it's just like it, it's funny in a show that's so like lighthearted most of the time, and so um, I mean, there's just so much levity for them to to bring up these topics yeah. like child freaking, you know trafficking and human trafficking it's like very very um hard to see a a show like this that has so much comedy so much like lightheartedness and then they're also dealing with like just extremely bad shit and it's funny you bring that up because i guess it really that symmetry you're talking about goes a couple layers from like season one because if season one it was we're bouncing around the world. We got a couple of cons that are really big. You know, some's involving about art appraising, others involving you know, maybe like a drug trade, but they never really go really deep into the seedy underbelly of that drug trade. They, they go like the Breaking Bad route of the science and try to recreate it. And then you have like, uh, you know, Singapore air racing kind of thing. You know, it's it's that bouncing around. It's the levity you're talking about. And you get character backstory, but not in a way that's like, it's as, it's as deep. The, Backstories are as deep as the topics at hand. And then you hit this season. Long form con, really, really intense topics. Some of the most intense in the world. And you have a backstory to boot for not just one, but a couple characters in this one. It's the symmetry isn't just, I think, you know, the uh, you have like episodic almost. And then this one big saga, you have like this you have a backstory of characters to match that gravity matches the gravity of what they're doing right now. And I find that very interesting, right? Because if they had a shallow backstory with such a deep, you know, like with such a deep topic and a hard topic, it would have felt weirdly out of balance and vice versa. If they're just, Oh, we're just out here trying to, uh, you know, take down a big corporation that sells, you know, bad paint to bad paint or some poisonous shit. But it's got this brooding backstory of some guy, for the last 20 years trying to take this down because he got fired. It's, I don't know, it's just, it would have been out of balance, but it just ha- seems to have this beautiful balancing act of personal stakes and gravity of what they're doing. So I, I, I think, I was, because I thought about this season, could I show this to someone and feel like this season would be a good gateway? At first, well, no, not a lot of people are about human trafficking as a topic. <laughs> I mean, everyone has their line. But right, but the other side of it is, well, you have this really engaging reason why they're involved in this stuff, and it's a good mix. So maybe still yes, even with season two, maybe still yes, this is a good for everybody anime. They might still need season one to get the vibe. Yeah, but, I mean, you you, you definitely got to start with season hits. one just to to feel a reason why you care about these characters because I think this season uh-huh. a lot of the characters seemed very unlikable, like. Like what I was talking about, Mak- Makoto mm. was very hard to to like. Um, other characters in this season were very yeah. hard to like, but since we had this ingrained story that we were waiting for the answers to, like you kind of had to kind of push through. And this is 
I mean, it was only a nine season, uh, a nine episode season, so it's really more like a season one part two. But, but it, yeah, it was sure. definitely like an absolute breeze to watch. Like there, there was no point where I was bored. There was no point where you know maybe I figured some things out before they announced them, but. Oh, did just, oh, did just a few. Well, I, yeah, I guess me too. Yeah, just a couple. Yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. Um, uh, it's interesting you just said some people got seemed unlikable this season, and if you didn't have you know the season one context, you probably would have hated them as a characters. Some people, I think, softened up. AKA Abby, well, she was like barely that in was kind it, of an which interesting was probably flip. like the worst part of the season. You th- you really think so? I think she she had her moments she had her place because she was just part of the scheme right but when she was in it i think she really learned to feel for edamura in this one at least in her own way i mean she was always like abrasively cold to him because they just operate black and white from each other just cannot they do not do the same thing and at least get the job done in the same way but uh this this time around she kind of was willing to see her his side of things, I guess, a little bit. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed her softening up slightly, and thanks to Edamura's, you know, heroics, I guess. He always kind of had that hero. Well, thing. I mean, he did a lot for her in the Singapore season. True. Singapore sling. Yeah. Or whatever the hell it was called. Singapore sling. Uh, Singapore sky. Yeah, so Singapore sling is this one. It's this one. Uh, <laughs> this one curb on the f1 track in singapore where like if you hit it if you hit it wrong it launches you like 20 feet in the air (laughs) that's fun okay everyone's hitting the singapore sling let's go it sounds like a dance could be a drink too everyone do the singapore sling oh okay i actually like that more yeah give me some of that singapore sling please that's singapore sling would be great um singapore sling um but yeah so i they've always had a very interesting uh, relationship and i think that comes kind of blossoms out a little bit more than I expected in this Well, I, I would and say... It might just because of the sheer merit. It yeah. did seem like it completely dead-ended. Like, there was no resolution to that, right? True. Actually, very true. Yeah. It just kind of fell on the wayside. And I think that only started to blossom because of um, one of the, the heist that they pulled off, which was weird that they pulled off this one heist in the future that failed in the past. That was the Ronts doing all along, or maybe it was Oz's. I'm not really sure. Um, the whole princess, princess honeypots situation. It, it's actually wild looking back, having seen the whole episode, that they literally tried the exact same scam again. Right, shot for shot, and wasn't it with this? It was with not with the same person. It was with another branch of that overall organization, right? Because the Shanghai branch and the uh, Tokyo branch are technically derived of the same group, right? At least originally. Yeah. So they, (laughs) the rots like, Oh, let's try this whole, this is a princess. You want to human traffic, this really high royalty thing. Oh yeah. It's going to net you tens of millions and millions. Oh, let's go capture her fake a kidnapping, give you someone fake and then bust out the fake princess. Easy peasy, right? Well, we'll, give away a little bit later more details on why it failed the first time, but he's like, hmm, how about let's try it again? (laughs) Beat for beat. And weirdly enough, it could have worked if Adamura wasn't such a fucking hero, beta cuck, and just wanted to get the kids out. Uh, I know that sounds bad to say the string of words, but he really could have had this one down. He really could have made this one Yeah, so here's what I... Uh, we're about 30 minutes in and we're only going to go probably 45 minutes so i'm just going to start letting spoilers fly and just kind of like really dig in all right spoilers yeah guys go watch seriously like we'll give our our rating at the end but go watch this season if you watch season one hell watch both seasons you'll have a good time it really is not a long collective thing every single time just give our ratings now and then you can go watch it yeah might as well want to Okay, yeah, so let's give a season two and then an overall for the whole show, since it's kind of uh, cleaned up. Okay. Now. I'll so, give this a um, 92 for season two. Okay. And as a cohesive total unit, I'll give it a 94. Interesting. I was going to go... I was going to go a, a 94 on the entire season. Interesting. 
just the season and the entire show i was gonna do a 92 whoa actually, or like a 90, 90 92 93 there's something about the whole cohesive thing that's still great but I, there is something that i wish they did more in season one more like this really teased more some of this stuff i mean they knew they had a tight cohesive unit right they knew the entire thing and it wasn't long they didn't tease anything about i guess we're in spoiler city but they didn't really tease anything about Dorothy. They didn't tease. I wish they had teased more about Lorenz's past, right? We knew it was coming because he's the only one who didn't get anything, right? That was kind of a process of elimination thing, but I, and they went right into it. So I'm not mad about that. I just wish that since they knew what they had, they knew it was a concise thing. Give me a little more sauce in season one. I look back like that'd have been really cool if I got a little bit, a little bit of this, a little bit of that in, uh, in season one about Laurent, but, um, we didn't get nothing, but I didn't get enough as I'd like to. So that might be a little reason why I kind of knocked at some points as a cohesive package. But um, yeah, let's get a spoiler city, man. We, there's some stuff I want to talk about that requires spoilers. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you a question. So we 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 basically find out in this in this part of the series that Oz, who is Seiji Ozaki, Ozaki yes. which is uh, Makoto um, mm-hmm. Edomura's father, actually. Big bombshell. Yes. Is the actual mastermind but behind this group. Now, my right. question is, is he still the one that's creating all the plans? Or do you think Laurent is just retooling some of his old plans and using those through season one? Uh... 100% the last thing. Laurent really is. He is kind of retooling because if you notice that he's he isn't doing all of these other plans in service or maybe I wonder if he is because did he do Singapore Sky solely to get what's his face? Um the the pilot on his side to get this done. I think that's too wrinkle brain. That's too big brain, right? Like that's, that's well, so that's, that's where that's where I'm chess. almost thinking the the Oz angle makes more sense. They're they're basically ta- touting this guy as having like some freaky brain where he can come up with plans that are like extremely involved, and so I sure. I almost don't feel like yeah. Laurent has has a big enough vision to to be really the one doing that, especially because he was like considering killing Lu Bu like constantly, right? And so let me. Yeah, yeah, hit me. And hit so me. I'm wondering, since since Ozaki has been around, mm. basically after that whatever sentence he uh, carried out for his child trafficking, he he's right, been around right. he in, in Shanghai, and they could be in contact. Like, there's no reason they can't you know text or whatever. So I think maybe he's coming up with what, all these plans. What? I like that theory. Let me let me give a counterpoint. Um, I think it could be Laurent. Because it seems as though this goes back to the whole Dorothy thing, right? Oz was the one who came up with the one last go to basically get involved with Lou and the Sukasu group in the first place to try to take down and scam, not even take them down, just scam them of human trafficking money by capturing an Ethiopian princess that's in, in Kyoto on, you know, vacation. That was an Oz plan. And it didn't quite go right, which means, one, Laurent knows the Oz is not infallible, and it cost him the one thing he cared about most. Now that it did, and Dorothy died at the hands of this, at this plan, basically, I think Laurent has all of the skills, but now he has this crazy, focused, almost slightly unhinged obsession with getting revenge on this group. Do I think that all in the mix could have given him the drive and kind of this next level game to take them down? That I think, yes. So I do think the Runt could have been the guy retooling some of the stuff Oz did just for that one end game. Like, uh, do I think that, um, you know, these other, you know, London, the, the LA connection, the Singapore sky, were they all in service of that? Maybe not. Were they all meant to work up that group to get them ready for his main job? Now that, that I can argue with. 
I can argue. Well, with that. the reason um, that I'm gonna I'm gonna was, try to counter yeah, yeah. you here is why bring Edamora in, into okay. the picture at all unless they know they can use him, right? And, and how do they find out about him if not through Oz? That's fair. And it didn't didn't he didn't he say that? I almost thought that that was some matter of serendipity. No, right? so that he knew that maybe he was looking for. I know he was looking for him, but I don't think. I I think that again, Laurent maybe knew that the Oz's kid w- and went to go find him to recruit him. I don't think it was at the Oz's direction to do so. So they they I think they made it he was trying to hide fairly them. clear that Ozaki was in Japan and frequently visiting his wife and not telling Makoto. I think they yes. made that evid- like extremely clear. Very, and very, so yes, very. what I'm thinking is he and his mom were, were there and they were deciding ways they could try to get him like, I don't know, jobs and shit. Because he ends up with his his other, you know, partner in this big group, this other conman group, right? And they're selling like all those stupid yeah. things. They get arrested. And now the kid's put in like a hole, essentially. Like, I, I honestly... This this season made me hate his dad so much because it's felt to me like his dad pushed him into this like this little corner and basically made him bark like a little doggy to do whatever he wanted him to do. Right. And 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 it made me yeah. hate Laurent too because he's doing the same thing to this kid. He got him arrested twice. He got him, you know, like like come on, man, like stop stop involving this kid and fucking up his life. Because he does say like you're so you're so honest, you're so you know genuine. And that's what makes you a good con man, but but he's just like using it to only his advantage, and it's really like uh, I think a massive problem with the with the story as a whole. Yeah, and I don't think. Yeah, and I don't know if is it a matter of oh you're the Oz's kid. It's kind of your it's your destiny and prodigy that he's brought in. What and what I can't remember. That might be something I need to lean on you on because I know that he basically wanted to get the upper hand on the rot and his dad by basically proving that he can scam everybody at the very end. But I don't think it quite worked all the way through. But all that being said, you're right. That's a really interesting point. I don't think anyone really asked him whether like he wanted to be in it or not. If anything, they knew he didn't want to be in it and he kept getting dragged in and it wasn't even something he wanted to do. Um, and I, uh, I don't know. I I genuinely think whether is this all everything in one and two is Oz or Laurent. I think there was a shifting. I think there was a biding of time. I think Laurent did in fact recruit the people he needed up until season one, where he then recruited Edamura. He knew Oz had basically saying that he was there, and I think Laurent was given freedom to train him up. But I don't think. I don't know. I don't think Oz was out here trying to do the plan to avenge Dorothy, essentially. So basically, that was was my take. That was my take. I guess I'm getting mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm getting mixed up because that's a a good interpretation because they never make it explicitly clear which is which. It could have been Oz. It could have been Laurent to a point is what I think maybe is Laurent was given free reign for a while while Oz laid low and got the trust. Um. And they're kind of just like, ready and break. See y'all in a couple years. So the way I viewed it, he goes to prison. Mm-hmm. He goes back to Shanghai. He tells him, oh, my bad. That that other person screwed you, you know? And then... Oh, yeah, me, my and bad. And then he, he starts working as their translator. He's visiting Tokyo frequently to, like, see his family or whatever. And then he uh-huh. also just, like he's staying close like he could just vanish like let's be real he was claiming like he was afraid Mm -hmm. just to like continue manipulating makoto but like he's a freaking world-renowned con man he can get out of there if he really wanted to like same as as laurent right he leaves like randomly as he's working as the the Shanghai translator, and then he comes back like eight years later and acts as if nothing ever happened, and they just accept him back, right? Like it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense from like a like a tr- triad 
uh, perspective is like these guys normally care about loyalty a little bit more than just that, like like jumping all over the place. Okay, yeah. So I I think saying that out loud, this is this is where I'm gonna land my my hard line where I think is happening. I was kind of right before, but it's a little bit of tweak. Where yes, Laurent by Oz's request is basically getting Edamura and trading him up and putting him on ice. Because if you remember, the Shanghai and Tokyo group had been tensions running higher and higher, and you have Oz on one side and Laurent and Tokyo essentially keeping an eye on the other because he must have known to send, basically, tweak Edamura to go join them. And basically, it must have been given a signal from Oz like, yo, it's time. They're about to fucking pop, all right? We need to manipulate this now. All right, time to send him in. And then basically, when Edamura drops... And not knowing, kind of getting in with Akemi, that's when the plan goes off ice and it's on. So I think there was a cohesiveness between Oz and Laurent, but it had to be when the time was right. And Edinburgh had to be involved with Laurent until that was. So maybe those other schemes are just like training arcs to get him ready to go. So again, this show is so brilliant about, you know, just intertwining histories and, you know, the show itself is a con man. It is conning, like you said, us and everyone inside of it. And the writing just speaks for itself. I mean, you know, it, the fact that we're even extrapolating what could have happened means they gave us enough to do so. And I, I, I cannot celebrate it more for the writing. I think it's probably its strongest part. And then here, here's my um, other question. The one thing I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this me. point where they get found out in their original scheme. And the Chinese Shanghai guys take him out on a boat, or actually no, I- Ishigami yes. takes him out on a boat. Um, it's the it's the Japanese Suzuku group, and they uh, yeah, it's Akemi Akemi Izuki. Yeah, yeah. They kill they kill yeah. Abby, they kill Cynthia, and they kill Shion. And then yes, they have um, what's his face kill his dad Seiji. Edamura kill Oz. Right. Yeah. And the next like month he doesn't eat and he just like sits in his room like a little turd, right? Like looking dejected. It's not mm-hmm. a month, but but yeah. Uh yeah, it's whatever. Three days. It's more gravitas if I say a month. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that ingratiates Akimi to him, like thinking, Oh, he's like my son, you know, and he's just he's now he's just adrift in the world without anybody, right? And that's kind of like what spur spurns yes. the rest of the story and, and like him kind of becoming closer to her. Okay. Was that real though? Quick 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 time out. Yes. Okay. I love that you brought that up because that's what I was bringing up earlier that I love Akemi's character here is that the basically her son being lost to her and his mom being lost to him. This was a natural connection, even if it was orchestrated to occur. To endear one to the other, um, I truly think that one, like you said, another pivotal moment where I hate Ozaki for this. Basically, manipulating his son into this relationship could no one could get closer to Akemi than he could in those moments. And but two, that is was a genuine reaction: a mother missing her son and a son missing her mother that you know was betrayed but he thought by their father like it was it was chef's kiss question mark because it all seemed very seedy almost <laughs> yeah that's not really know, what i'm questioning it, it was i'm well questioning was he did he actually right. think everyone was dead yes i truly think he thought everyone was dead so i think he he thinks that he too was... because he's a dumb idiot but then later on <laughs> yeah. the first time he sees Abby again he like doesn't doesn't really freak out and so i'm like what the f- when the oh. fuck did they like let him in on the secret and why didn't we get to see that didn't ozaki show back up at his place after after he's been working with him for a couple he's been working with akemi for a couple months didn't ozaki come back to his place and explain all that shit more earnestly and then abby yeah, shows maybe. up so he then was kind of like, okay, if you're alive, then I imagine he's kind of wised up because you could tell Edamura kind of went through this transformation, a hardening of himself, you know, because he went 
he went from happy-go-lucky to I'm now running the 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 auction. I'm the auctioneer of a human trafficking ring. What? Get at me! I killed my dad. Get at me! All right. Like he went through a hardening thing, and he and I think he had to truly believe that for a while. And I don't really understand what in the plan required him to be hardened and traumatized like that. But well, you know, you don't question the great odds. I guess he's a wizard. I mean, to like get to him super into the group, you know what I mean? Like, like after that point, like course, he shows yeah. that he's extremely dedicated, and and honestly, they ripped away everyone that he knew. So, like, he was alone anyway. So, yeah. kind of like, in, basically ingratiate them to them to each other. But like at some point, you know, as an audience, we got to be like, yo, this dude's dad is such a piece of shit. He made his kids sell kids. Yeah. Like, like, come on, man. Couldn't they? Let me let me knew. put it to you this like way. What yeah. if that first day when the kids wouldn't leave, they say, okay, me and Abby are going to escape. We're going to call the cops and they're going to go in there. Or So they could have called the FBI, right? And then imagine, like, have you mm. seen the movie Now You See Me? Yes. Okay, so they did basically pulled a Now You See Me and they could have saved the billion dollars that they spent building that skyscraper to look like their tower <laughs> you know what i mean okay so so yeah, it, it, uh, yeah that's right really, now yeah. you see me they basically do the same thing where they trick this guy into thinking he's somewhere that he isn't they trick him into thinking he's on his private jet over the ocean and then you know he comes out and it turns out oh he's just in the freaking warehouse in like a sound studio and they sort of do the same thing to them right can i can i ask you though how that had to have taken a shit ton of time to build. How much time was elapsed between the meeting was arranged and them building that? Was it was I didn't I didn't quite catch that time frame. So when when between the point when um Oz, Abby, and Cynthia and Shion die, and then when we like re reconnect with him and he's kind of like hardened, it was it said three months. Oh. That entire time from they're building this. Oh, okay. because well, remember they've no, they've can, been planning this that. from the rip. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. Maybe you know what? Maybe it was all us. I I, th- I like, honestly think it was, again, but that makes him even more infuriating because he's planned on using his son. It d- is it a candidate? Is he a candidate now for one of anime's worst fathers? He's up there. I think, regardless of of okay, what you know, the truth was he's still a prick. And like, like also, all right. I give uh, the very yeah. last last okay. second. He's he's at his uh, mother's gravestone, and he's like saying, "Well, he's grown up a lot, and you know, I, I'm still wondering whether I should have told him the truth from the beginning." It's like, no shit, you dumbass. You probably should have told him the truth, but he wouldn't have been such a good asset if we did, because you know, his honesty is the best trait as a con it's man. Just so bad. And <laughs> So I give him a uh, fifteen out of one hundred bad Goku's as fathers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just how it is. I don't know what else to tell you guys. He's pretty bad. Uh, like, like if you if you've got overall, Piccolo man. at the top of the scale, yeah. it's Ozaki Seiji at yes. the bottom of the scale. <laughs> <laughs> so we found the polar opposites of animate that. <laughs> oh shit! Well, that's the best takeaway. I mean, um, and we made, you know what? We made it to fifty minutes overall. Truly is one of the animes you can give to anybody, even if um, they're not the biggest anime fans, because uh, English dub, fucking stellar. Really loved this. Really loved. And the second season, I gotta, I gotta say, all the all the language swapping they used in the second season, Great. brilliant, very well done. Yeah, really, really authentic. Put me in the moments. Like way better, I think, than season one. I guess maybe more opportunities, but genuinely was, was real Chinese impressed too. with all the linguistics. Yeah, all the linguistics in the second season were true linguisty skill. Can't cancel. <laughs> it was polyglot central. Uh, polyglot central, baby. Um, but yeah, I think that's really a thank you for coming to class. If you want to watch us with your eyes and your ears, hi. I have, you know, when I get a little bit better, I'll put the videos I have in backlog up of our vidcasts, but you normally can watch us on the YouTubes. We're doing over Discord this week. To keep ourselves safe while we're under the weather, you know. Yeah. Just, um, we're a bunch of safe boys out here. Yeah. YouTube.com um, slash Weebology. Yes. Oh, we have a URL. That's cool. Well, I think. Yes, it's just Weebology now. It's it's not just the podcast because we're doing other things here and there. Um, But if you want to listen with your ears and not your eyes, you can go anywhere you get your 
uh, podcast fix from Apple to Spotify to Google and everywhere in between. Um, give us a like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Give us five stars on Apple and a written review. It helps us show up on both platforms in the related so they get all the good anime content. Other stuff, Instagram, at Podcast. We got we memes on memes on news and sometimes giveaways on occasion. Um, I guess Patreon. Um, Patreon.com slash Weebology. Uh, we are working on the merch. We've had end of year under the weather struggles, uh, but we are finalizing. <laughs> Let's just call them issues. <laughs> I, they're just issues. We're, we're keeping it tight. We're keeping it real. Um, but we are getting that moving. So, you know, come and give us monetary love if you can. One dollar and up gets you into our Discord with all the other students and adjunct professors and our past guests. Uh, so you can talk to other people with other anime podcast shows. Um, Three dollars and up gets you the syllabus sidebar. Sometimes anime, sometimes not. Lo-fi. High vibes. I love that. There's other show that we have. It's on you. That, you I know, made that that's up. Why that's I love it. Um, <laughs> oh, God damn it. What else we got? We got Twitter. At Weebology Pete. Yep. Haven't posted um, on that in a minute. Sometimes on occasion. <laughs> but we will. It's a new year. It's new us. We're getting after yeah, it. Yeah, so I um, finished my my and, uh, uh, my degree after, um, after April, so I should be ready to rock and roll. Woo! Let's go. I, I guess final I stretch, guess May. Maybe? Yeah, after April, I was right. Yeah, but yeah, the class after that. Uh, after that, I should time. have time, bro. You'll be a true business, <laughs> but of course, yes, yes. Um, what else we got? Last thing, Gmail. If you want to have an old school, just straight up email, I can't believe that's old school nowadays. Um, uh, hit us up. We biology podcast at gmail dot com. Tell us hi. Tell us we're doing good. Tell us what we need to watch some stuff. Ethan and I are reformatting some of the viewer suggestions so we get through more since uh, the list is growing ever so, and we need to uh, we need to get we need to get through those. Yeah, so we need to start knocking those out for y'all. Watch your shows. We do because you guys deserve it. You truly deserve the content that you suggest to us. We're gonna make it happen, Captain. Um, anything else I missed in terms of plug? Yeah, just make sure uh, if you guys can to give us a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, pre- preferably with words to let everyone know why they should be listening to us. Exactly. Use your words. We know you're great linguistes out there, probably better than we are. <laughs> so you might as well use it. Of course. But yeah, and until we get those reviews, because I know you're writing them at the moment. <laughs> I'm ready. And I'm Ethan. And this has been Weebology. <laughs> Deuces. Deuces.